When you study the Bible, one of the things that becomes very clear very quickly is the power of words. We, we, we see this in the very first chapter of the book, in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible tells us that God spoke into the darkness. He spoke into the void and said, let there be, and whatever he said to be, became. He spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light, and light came forth. He spoke, let there be land, and land arose. He said, let there be living beings, and living beings came to life. From the beginning of the book, it challenges us to change the way we talk. To change the profession of our mouth. To change what we say. And from the very beginning, it says, we need to stop saying just what we see and say what we believe. God did not say there's darkness. No, he spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light, and light came forth. Paul, describing God in Hebrews chapter 4, describes him this way. He's the God that calls the things that are not as though they are, and they become what he says. This is the God that we serve. And because we are made in his image, he has given us the same power and the same authority. That, that literally the life that we live is a reflection of the words that we say. We can, we can almost chart the course of our lives by the words that come out of our mouth. Do you know that by your word, you experience salvation? In Romans chapter 10, Paul tells us that we're saved. How? That when we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. It's not enough just to believe it in your heart. There has to be a demonstration of what you believe in your heart. There has to be an outflow of what you believe on the inside of you. And that when you come to the place that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and it's so strong on the inside of you that you begin to confess with your mouth that He is God, at that moment you're saved. That without the confession of your mouth, Salvation might elude you. When you move all the way to the end of the book in Revelation chapter 12, John tells us that our victory is made reality through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That the victory that you're looking for, the victory that I'm looking for, is connected to the profession of our mouth, to the confession of our mouth, to what is flowing out of us determines our victory. I, I, I've said it, and I don't really want you to get it. The, your, the life that you live is a reflection of the words that you say. And we read this from beginning to end in the Bible. I love how Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 
says it. The tongue has the power of life and death. Just let that settle on your mind and your heart for a moment. The tongue, the Bible says, is this powerful. It can determine whether you live or die. And everything else in between. And those who love it will eat its fruit. My question to you this morning is what fruit are you eating? Are you eating fruit through the profession of your mouth that breeds life, that generates life? Or are you eating fruit that is taking life, that is stealing life from you? What is the fruit of your lips dictating about the life that you are living? See, the profession of faith from our mouth determines the destiny of our lives. We either say what we see or we profess what we believe. What are you professing about your life? Are, are you just, let me say it this way, are you just a commentator about what you see? There's a lot of commentators. I don't want to be a commentator about what I see in the natural. I want to prophesy. I want to declare the things they're not as though they are. I want to speak into the darkness and say, darkness, you cannot comprehend the light. The light is bigger and light has to come forth. I, I want to speak into the areas where there's sickness and say, sickness, you don't have the authority. I speak life in the name of Jesus and life has to come forth. Do you want to be a commentator? Or do you want to be a prophet? Do you want to declare... The Word of God. Here's what you have to understand about your journey of faith. You will always call the things that are not before they are. You will always speak into the void, and as you speak into it, then you get to walk into it. You never get to walk into it before you get to speak it. Let me illustrate this for you. Ten years ago, when Meg and I became the pastors of, of Christian Life Church, we were humbled and we were honored and we were surprised that anybody would actually believe in us to do this. And at that time, the church here had debt strangling the life out of it. I remember talking with Pastor Loper before everything happened and him sitting me down in a fatherly, wonderful way and looking me square in the eye and saying, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> Just to be candid, church, we didn't know if it was going to make it. On the surface, 
The Christian Life Church was a sinking ship. But I felt like that the Lord, Meg, felt like the Lord had called us to take this responsibility and, and to run with it. And we had a group of people at that time that believed the same and loved us and partnered with us. And we're here today. But here's some things I want you to understand. When we became the pastors, we owed $2.6 million of debt and our mortgage was at seven and three quarters percent. Our monthly mortgage payment was $19,138.20. I will never forget that figure. <laughs> and the day that we became the pastors, there was $5,000 in the bank and the mortgage payment was due in two weeks. 70% of every dime that came in went to facility-related expenses. That's the reason that Pastor Loper sat me down, looked me square in the eye and said, are you sure you want to do this? In the natural and on the surface, it was not good. It, the, the facility related expenses of our church, our mortgage, our debt, was an albatross around our neck dragging us down. And ultimately, just to be honest, as we began moving forward, and it, it was tough. And and what I just said became a profession of, our, of my mouth. With the various church members and board members as we're processing through all of this, it actually came out of our mouths that, man, the, the mortgage and the facilities are an albatross that are, it's going to take us down. And I was saying that until the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, quit cursing what I've given you. And when God speaks really, really straightforward to you, your only response needs to be, yes, sir. And I said, yes, sir. What? How? Well, God, you know what it's like. You know what I'm facing. How do I need to change my mouth? How do I need to change what I'm, what I'm saying? And the Lord said, you need to start thanking me for what I've given you, and you need to start declaring blessing and freedom. I'm trying to help you this morning. Some of you are facing an impossible situation on the surface. You're facing an obstacle in front of you that seems absolutely insurmountable. You may be facing something, a habit, a pattern, an addiction that you've been trying to break for years and it's not, just it's not just been broken yet. And it looks impossible. And you need to stop commentating on the natural and start declaring from the Spirit. And said, I said, okay, God, I, I'm going to start thanking you. And, and sometimes you got to be creative. I love Psalms 103. If, you, if you're not familiar with Psalms 103, David is going through one of the darkest days of his life and, and the psalm literally is him writing it to himself. And, and it goes, Bless the Lord, O my soul. 
and forget not all of his benefits, who heals all of your diseases, who forget. David is, is self-talk. Sometimes, let's just be real, you got to talk faith into your life. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself because on the surface, in the natural, in the reality, it's bleak, it's ugly, it doesn't look good, and you don't know how you're going to make it. Can somebody say amen? Anybody ever been there before? And, and so sometimes you've got to get creative. And so I, I, I got creative and I started saying, okay, well, how, what can I say thank you, God, about? Well, I thank you that we're not having to set up and tear down every Sunday. I thank you that we're not portable and we got to go into some school or other location and get there at the crack of dawn, set everything up, and then have service, and then after everybody leaves, tear everything back down again and do it again in seven days. Thank you, God, I'm not having to do that. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, God, that I have an office to work out of that's not in my home. I don't know. I know a lot of people are working from home. I don't do well working from home. There's too much stuff going on. Thank you, God, that I have an office to work from. And so I just began finding, some of you need to get creative with your gratitude. Some of you need to find something to thank God for that will change your perspective. And you know, that's really what gratitude does. Gratitude gets you out of the muck and the mire and the grime. It gets your focus off the problems and onto the solution. And so gratitude for our facilities, I, and I, I found a way of being grateful, and, and so I would, God, thank you for this, and thank you for that, and when something would break, and when something wasn't right, and, and all, God, thank you, thank you that I have an office, thank you that we're not having to set up and tear down, thank, thank you, God, thank you that we have small group space, and kids ministry space, and thank you for a student, God, thank you for all these things that you've given us. $19,138.20. and twenty cents. I don't thank you for this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So I, I began to speak gratitude and thanksgiving. And then the Lord said, I want you to start declaring blessing. And so I just declare blessing over our church. God, I pray, Father, that you would bless us. I pray, God, that you would pour out your spirit upon us. I pray, Father, for a flood of resources. The Bible says that you have cattle on a thousand hills that we know not of and that you can provide anything to cast your bread upon the water and it will return back to you. So I just, I just started declaring blessing and then I just started declaring freedom. God, I thank you that debt is a demon and that's not your desire for our lives. And I, I break that thing and I release freedom in the name of Jesus. I, freedom. God, I just declared this, this debt is going to be paid off. I, I declare a forward movement. I declare, hey, listen, sometimes you've got to take a step of faith with your words. I'm just trying to help you this morning. You're, we're getting ready to walk into a new season. And, and if, you, if you keep talking like you've always talked, you're not going to walk in the new thing that God's doing. So we did that. And so I expressed gratitude and, and, and thanksgiving and, and declared blessing and freedom. And we've experienced blessing and freedom. From 10 years ago to today, we've had the opportunity to refinance our mortgage three times from seven and three quarters percent to three and a quarter percent. 
And I'll put as a sidebar, we only had to pay for that one time because when banks compete, you win. (laughs) Our payment is no longer $19,000 a month, it's $8,500 a month. Our facility expenses now are only 28% of our total expense and we've eliminated a million dollars of our debt. And I tell you all of that because I want you to understand that it all began with changing the profession of my mouth. And I've consolidated a 10-year journey in just to a moment, and there's been pieces that I I could spend all day talking about the things that God has done in this arena. But what I want you to get, the takeaway that I want you to apply to your life, it didn't begin until we changed the profession of our mouth. Our words have the power to speak death or life. And the difference is simply this. Do I just say what I see? Or do I profess what I believe? That's the difference between life and death. Blessing and curse is the profession of our mouth. Now let me give you just a little sidebar as it relates to this. As we've walked out this journey and God's done miracle after a miracle, not only have we experienced blessing and freedom, we've also experienced vision for the future. Vision for as we began to change the profession of our mouth, God began to give me vision for our future. See, some of you kind of may seem a little foggy right now and you don't understand what the next step is or what it's going to look like or where to go, whether to go left or right, forwards, back. You don't know. And it may be you're foggy because you're professing the wrong things from your mouth. As I began to profess gratitude and blessing and freedom, not only did we begin to experience those things, God began to give us vision for the future. A few years ago, I'm up into the student center praying through doing what I'm telling you I, I, I've done today. I was, I was thanking God, and, and we were really processing about the future of the church, and, and I couldn't get my mind around what God's next step was for us as a congregation as it relates to our, our campus and our location and our facilities. And, and we had looked at purchasing property, and we had looked at possibly buying existing buildings and renovating, and, 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 I, and I can't get my mind around where I'm at. And I, and I say, God, if it's your will for us to stay here, show me how to renovate and to reconstruct configure our facility in order to maximize our ability to make disciples. And I no sooner get those words off my tongue that I have to go grab a legal pad and start writing down ideas and plans and next steps for how we can bring our facility and our campus to the place where we're ready to go for another decade of ministry. And the Beyond Initiative that we've been talking about for the last few weeks was really birthed out of that moment of gratitude, blessing, and freedom. And through that, vision for the future came. 
It all began with changing my mouth. We believe it, we say it, we read it. The words have power, but guys, we don't, we don't talk like it. We say what we see, we say what we feel, we say what we think. Instead of getting a word from God, saying, I ain't moving. I ain't, I ain't moving. Off what God's called me and said that He's going to do. Your words, church, have power. Your breakthrough is connected to the profession of your mouth. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let me break this down for you for just a second. And then the worship team's going to come back and, and we're going to pray. And I'm going to challenge you to prophesy to your life today. The word bind literally means to restrict according to to God's will and according to God's word. So Jesus is telling the disciples, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to give you the authority to bind, to restrict the devil's activity in your life according to my word. But not only am I going to give you the ability and the authority to restrict, I'm also going to give you the authority to release. And that's what the word loose means. It means to release the intended purpose of God's sovereign will in power. And so what Jesus is telling us here in Matthew chapter 16 is that I'm going to give you authority to bind darkness and to release heaven. You're, through the profession of your mouth, you will literally have the authority to say to darkness, you cannot kill, you cannot steal, and you cannot destroy. You can't. But we don't say that if all we say is what we see. So I've got to learn how to declare that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers and dark places that have come to kill, steal, and destroy. And when life throws something at me, understanding, as Michael alluded to, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And they are mighty to bringing down of strongholds. And so I speak to that devil. I speak to that darkness. I speak, no, you don't have the right. I'm going to bind his activity in my life. I'm going to bind his activity in my marriage. I'm going to bind his activity in my family. And I'm going to bind his activity in my church. I'm going to bind him in the arena that he has given me authority. We far too often just walk through life thinking whatever be will be. Jesus said that's not the case. Jesus said you're going to bind and you're going to loose. You're going to restrict the activity of the enemy by my authority and by my blood from having access and from having the ability to kill, steal, and destroy. And this is what you're also going to do. I'm going to give you the ability and the authority to loose, to release the will of heaven. 
In John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and it more abundantly. And so I'm going to speak the life that Jesus has given me. I'm going to speak hope. I'm going to speak courage. I'm going to speak faith. I'm going to speak blessing. I'm going to, come on somebody. Are you just commentating on your life or are you prophesying into it? We need to understand what authority in our words that Jesus has given us. We, we need to get to the place where we bind sickness and we loose healing. We need to bind anxiety and we need to loose peace. We need to bind unforgiveness and loose grace. We need to bind insecurity and loose confidence. We need to bind poverty. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? And loose the prosperity of God. I need to bind confusion and loose vision. I need to bind division and loose unity. Jesus invites us, church, to partner with him in building his church. And one of the primary ways that we partner with Jesus in building his church is through the words that we profess. The words that we say. So my question to you this morning is, what do you need to stop saying and what do you need to start saying? What situation do you need to stop commentating about and start speaking from the Word of God about? Our breakthrough, your breakthrough, is connected to your surrender. I talked about that two weeks ago. It's connected to your faith. And it's connected to the profession of your mouth. You will not walk into the new thing that God's wanting to do in your life simply by commentating what's happening to you. You got to say to the mountain, be moved. You got to say to the chain, be broken. You got to say to the dream, live. Live, 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 dream, live. Situation, turn. Turn it around right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and join me this morning. In Ezekiel chapter 37, we find an incredible story. God has given the prophet Ezekiel a vision of a valley of dry bones. What God is doing is he's given Ezekiel a vision of the nation of Israel. They're in captivity. They've been exiled. And by all accounts on the surface, it looks like God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, is a lost cause. And so God wants to show this principle to Ezekiel. 
And in a vision, Ezekiel goes to this valley of dry bones and God asked the prophet, can these bones live? And the prophet says, God, only, only you know if they can live. And then God says to the prophet, I want you to speak. I want you to prophesy to the bones. Live. And so as Ezekiel begins to prophesy life to a dry, dead thing, he begins to see bone come to bone, tendon come to tendon, ligament to ligament, muscle to muscle, flesh to flesh, until a, a, a whole army of people stand up before him. But they're not alive yet. And God said, and Ezekiel says, well, everything has happened as you told me to prophesy, but they're still dead. They're still not alive. They're not a living being. And then God says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to prophesy breath. Breath. The breath of heaven. I want you to speak life to the dead thing. And so Ezekiel begins to prophesy the breath of heaven blow over them right now. And then all of a sudden, their lungs began to fill with the air of heaven and there was life that began to birth forth. And some of you are facing situations and circumstances that look dead. You've written it off, it's over, done, throw in the towel, raise the white flag, it's over. And God says, it's not over till I say it's over. And if you'll, if you'll get a little courage inside of you, you get a little faith rise up inside of you, and if you'll just do what I tell you to do, stand upon my word and say life. Life in the name of Jesus. God is the God of the living, not the dead then breath from heaven will come and it'll swell up inside and all of a sudden that which was dead lives again. You're facing situ situations. You need to speak life. You have mountains standing in front of you. There are obstacles that look insurmountable. They're bigger than what you can possibly imagine and you know they're standing in your way and God's telling you if you'll speak to that mountain and tell it to move, it'll move. I don't know what that mountain is for you, but there's a mountain standing in front of you and it's time for that thing to move and God says it'll move if you'll speak to the mountain. There's some chains. Some patterns of thinking, some patterns of behavior that are literally holding you captive and God says if you'll speak to those things, freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has come. Galatians chapter 5 tells us to set the captive free. Freedom will be yours if you'll speak freedom. Stop bemoaning your captivity and speak freedom. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. Mountain, be moved in the name of Jesus. Situation, turn around in the name of Jesus. I don't know what you're facing, but it's time to prophesy to it today. Stand with me where you are this morning. How many of you would say, Pastor, I have a dream that needs to live again? Just raise your hand. I've got a dream. Thank you. 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 As the worship team sings in just a moment, this is what I, I want you to prophesy life. And I want to, in, in particular, I want you to do what Ezekiel did. I want you to prophesy 
breath of the living God, breathe on this again in the name of Jesus. How many of you have a mountain that you're facing that seems insurmountable? You know that it's an obstacle in your way for the thing that God has for you. How many are you facing something like that? Raise your hand right where you stand. Mountains, 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 mountains. How many of you have a chain? Just to be honest, there's something holding you back. You have not because you ask not. It's a time for freedom. It's not, a, it's not a time for pridefulness, church. Pridefulness will keep you captive. But if you recognize there's a pattern in your life, a behavior, an attitude, a thought that's holding you back, now's the time for freedom. How many of you have it? I'm going to give you a second chance this morning. How many of you have a chain? This, I, I need something broke free in me because it's holding me back. That's what I'm talking about. I want you to prophesy freedom to the freedom to the captivity. I want you to prophesy to the mountain. Be moved in the name of Jesus. Father, we come before you today and we declare that you're the God of the living and not the dead. And so today, we stand upon your word that is true and is yes and amen and we prophesy life to dead things in the name of Jesus. I release the breath of heaven to breathe upon your people to revive that which is dead, to revive that which seems forgotten and left off. God, I declare life. I declare to the mountain, move in the name of Jesus. Move in the name of Jesus. You cannot stay in front of me. You have to move today. Chains break in the name of Jesus. Chains break. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. We've already prophesied over the areas of our life. I just, as we were singing that chorus, I just sensed the Holy Spirit say, because you have loved me and because I'm good, you can have whatever you ask for in my name you can say right now mountain be moved and it'll move you can say chain break and it'll break you can say dead thing live and it'll live now I want you to close your eyes wherever you are whichever those is relevant to you today situation change God said it'll change speak to it right now Speak to it right now. Speak to it. Speak to it. God says, nothing is impossible with me. and the obstacles in their way and command them to move in Jesus' name. I speak to the situations and the circumstances that do not look good and I command them to change. Turn it around in Jesus' name. And Lord, I declare over them this morning that you're filling them with your Holy Spirit and with your power and with your authority to do the impossible. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, can you pray?
put your hands together this morning and just thank God for his goodness. I'm going to ask you to be seated just for a couple more minutes today. I think Pastor Trey is going to come and share a couple of announcements with us today. But before he comes, I want to point your attention to the brochure that was in your sheet, in your seat, the Beyond Initiative. And I want today to invite you to participate with us as we partner with Jesus in building his church. There's three giving lanes that we have that you can partner with us in. You can partner with us in missions. I invite you to do that. You can partner with us in helping to eliminate our mortgage. Our mortgage right now is $8,500 a month, but we are paying $15,000 every month towards that. So I just want to invite you to participate with us in that if that's the leading of the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, participate in our special projects. And that is right now we're in the process of beginning the renovation and some of the reconfigurations of our campus to accommodate our ability to make more disciples for Jesus. We've, there's $350,000 there. We've already approved $150,000 of those expenditures. We did that a couple of months ago, and all of that is in process. You can read under that in the brochure what's in process and what we would love to move towards after the first of the year, the other part of that. And I don't want, I'm not going to do a sales pitch to you. That's not who I am, and that's not what I'm about. All I want you to do is be obedient to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Just do what He tells you to do. And today, you can participate in one of two ways. You can fill out a pledge card and say, Pastor, over the course of the next year, I'm committing to do this weekly, monthly, or annually towards this particular giving lane. Or if you just want to make a contribution today, you can do that as well. Fill out a pledge card or give. Let's partner with Jesus as He is building His church here in Birmingham, in Alabama, in the United States, and around the world. I know there's few things that I delight in doing more, if there is anything, than partner with Jesus in building His church. He's been building it for 2,000 years, and we are here as a testimony of that today. When you finish filling out your pledge card or your offering envelope, we have buckets at every door as you exit today. You can put it in one of those buckets or one of our connect boxes, and we're going to celebrate that God's building His church here at CLC. Pastor Trey, would you come?